right, welcome to the first official pressx.com.au podcast. It's very official. It's yeah. very official. In fact, this is so official it should go up online. Our last one didn't after it was... And the last half one as well. We're on number yeah. 2.5. We are. Well, you've got to practice. Practice makes perfect. That's what they say. So welcome to the first of the pressx.com.au podcast. It is called the Pressx podcast, I believe, at this point in time. Yes. So we're going to get stuck into it now. Um, I guess the intros are what we do. I'm Nick, and sort of I've come from a music background. I've worked in radio. Uh, I've also uh, currently working in a company that do a lot of work with record labels and things like that. So uh, almost in the music industry to an extent, and basically I'm here to write for mainly music at pressx.com.au, where we mainly feature entertainment in general as well as consumer advice and a few other things. And I'm going to throw it over to Kurt, who is the main man, the guy that is actually the creator of the website. He thought up the idea and has got myself and Ben involved. So, Kurt, take it away. The proactive one is what he's trying to say, the one that actually got off his ass to get it running. Um, <laughs> basically, all right, well, my name's Kurt. I come from a gaming background, but I also have a background in marketing. By um, gaming background, you mean you play games? Yeah. Okay. Um, and <laughs> basically, I came up with an idea a while ago because I found that Australians don't really have a voice in the entertaining uh, entertainment website when it comes to reviews and consumer advice and so forth, and we've been limited over the years to pretty much relying on American websites to get information on Australian entertainment. Um, and so basically I decided to create a website that did everything from reviews to consumer information to uh, putting up podcasts and just entertaining articles in general. Uh, basically, we're taking more of a consumer advice look at it, which is sort of a bit different to what a lot of the sites online are doing, where basically, rather than giving you an out of 10 score, we're basically telling you whether or not it's actually worth buying or not, and whether or not you'll enjoy it. Um, obviously, we can't get it right for everyone, because... It's, no, we'll, we'll be able to tell if everyone can Yes, enjoy that's it. exactly it. But it's mostly just, you know... If you our, disagree, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically, you know, this is our opinion on something. Choose whether or not you want to go and spend your hard-earned money on... Um, on the product, of course, for you know the younger audience. Stop using your parents' money, get a job and buy it yourself. Um, but for everyone else, good work. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'll be handling most of the gaming side of the website as well as um, a lot of the, admin- the administration, basically just sort of running it. Um, and yeah, I'm going to pass you on to Ben now to, so he can have a bit of an introduction and talk about what he's going to be doing. Alright, hey everyone, I'm Ben, and first of all I have to say I disagree with Kurt's advice. I can scam your parents as much as you can, for as long as you can. But uh, yeah, I'm Ben from InsaneRamblings.net, that's my other website. So Kurt's brought me on here because I've got podcast experience from that site. And uh, you might... Yeah, very lifelong experience. (laughs) Yeah, well, when this goes up online, maybe that'll uh, prove it. But... uh, yeah, if you go back to the pressx.com.au website, you can check out one of the first posts that's on there is the Insane Ramblings uh, In Colour Episode 7 video where me and Kurt went to the E3 Expo and played a lot of games and made a video of it but didn't really focus on the games in the video. Any but, games? No, but it should be an entertaining watch and you can you know gauge the kind of stuff that we'll be showing on this website from that and from my other websites and uh, yeah so we all just met at uni and decided we love games and entertainment and feel like you know this would be a good place to talk about, talk about it yeah alright so that's a lot of that and now we're going to get stuck into all we have said a lot about what the website is but even talk perhaps a little bit in depth on what people can expect on the website coming soon so we'll get stuck into that now I guess Kurt again you're the best man to run us through this so if you want to 
kick off with what they can expect at this point in time? Um, from a very sort of generalised overview of the site, at the moment we're focusing on games and music and very soon to get into a bit of tech and gadgetry. So everything from controllers, headphones, even electric shavers and so forth. Um, pretty much if you can strap a battery into it or it has a motor in it, you, you know, we'll try and cover it. Um, we will hopefully expand later on into movies and music, uh, sorry, uh, movies and TV and other areas like that. But at the moment, we'll be looking very heavily into just mostly the games and music side of things. Um, we, because we're going for more of a consumer advice, we know that a lot of people that are going to be, what we're, what we're targeting to get a lot of people in for is to have people that are just getting into the gaming industry or kind of interested in games, but don't know much about it. And we'll be focusing more on uh, looking at stuff like, hey, you've just bought yourself an Xbox, you've just dropped three, four hundred dollars, and you don't want to go drop another hundred dollars on a new game. Here are a couple of some of the older games from the last year or two that are good, have a lot of fun playing with, and you know you can pick them up these days in a second-hand trade-in bin for you know ten, twenty dollars. Of course, we will still cover new uh, titles as they come out, um, but it will be a great resource for people to come and find. Yeah, just some of the older games that have sort of fallen into obscurity or sort of been forgotten about that are actually really, really good fun. Um, I'll pass it back over to Nick and he can talk about what he'll be doing on the music side of things for the website. Okay, so for the music side of the website, at this point in time, uh, I'm looking to only do albums from, or EPs, releases from 2011 on. Uh, I find it's a better way to do it rather than me writing and going, oh gee, I really loved that album three years ago and writing about only albums I like this forces me to uh, really be able to give advice on things I wouldn't normally listen to and perhaps things across a broader range because I've only got albums from it this year. And at this point in time, there is a review up, but there will be more coming soon. In fact, I believe over the next week, there should be a few more arriving. So at this point in time, expect to get current albums from this year. They may be from, you know, even as uh, early as um, January this year, but only 2011 albums. And I guess it'll be a good way to build up uh, the website and build up a real uh, sense of what you can expect from it rather than it all being positive it's going to broaden the range and it's going to broaden what you can expect to read about so that's I guess uh, the website at this point in time so we might get stuck into some general topics from now on let's kick it off with I guess really what we're playing what we're listening to what we're watching which I thought might be the best way to go about things. Um, I might start and just go through what I'm playing and what I'm watching. Uh, at this point in time, I've actually gone back and bought some older games, and I'm playing Skate 3, which I'm enjoying at the moment. It's actually very, very good, quite intuitive, but it is quite frustrating in the sense that it's very, very technical in the controls, and I'm not sure that I'm grasping it to the standard that you need to. Uh, I also went through and have recently been going back and playing the DLCs for uh, Fallout New Vegas, so I finished those ones off. That was really good as well. So that's a little overview on what I'm playing. What I'm listening to at the moment are albums from 2011. And I've just got the brand new uh, Boy and Bear album, an Australian band that is uh, about to take over Australian music scene. So I'm listening to that. I'm also listening to the Foo Fighters' latest album to hear what that's like. And I'm actually going back and listening to LMFAO's album. So something a little bit different, something from every sort of genre. Just trying to get a broader view and really enjoying all of it at the moment. So that's what I'm listening to. And what I'm watching, I'm watching a ton of QI, which is a British show. If you haven't seen it, it's Stephen Fry hosts it and it's called Quite Interesting. And the idea is 
that they bring up uh, topics that people have, think they know, things that are you know general conceptions. Like I guess one of them was uh, I before E except after C, which isn't actually correct. So they bring up those sort of things, have a discussion about them, make fun of other people, and then get stuck into it. usually a couple of comedians. And very much worth watching. So that's what I'm watching at the moment. Is so, it just like a panel show, or do they have like a quiz kind of? Thing it's a like, quiz show. Yeah. So Stephen Fry hosts. And then they've got four uh, people that are on it. One's always there, and, you know, he's usually the whipping boy. <laughs> and that's the way it goes. Well worth checking out. So it's a very, very good show. I've been going for quite a while, and it's just it's just very clever and very interesting. And I've got a thing for Stephen Fry. So that's the best <laughs> in, way to describe it. In a it. very sexual way. Well, <laughs> if, you, if you know his, his leanings, uh, you know. I don't, I don't know if there's any other way, really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so perhaps, Kurt, you might go through what you're playing and watching. Right, I'm doing very similar. I'm going back and playing a lot of the older games that I skipped over in the uh, early part of the sort of the Xbox uh, lifespan. Uh, I've gone and borrowed a few from Nick recently, so I'm playing through Bioshock 1 and then soon to move on to Bioshock 2. Um, been loving them. They're great. I uh, originally stayed away from them because I'm not good with horror games. You'll learn very, very quickly that I'm a bit of a wuss when it comes to horror films, horror ah. games, all of that sort of stuff. Ah. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's like a little, yeah, okay. That is definitely getting deleted. That is definitely not No, that has to stay. That's a lot um, of radio drama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I've been, yeah, basically going through that. Uh, borrowed by uh, Portal 2 off Nick as well, which I've been absolutely loving, um, which was a bit of a surprise to me because I'm not um, sort of smart enough for these games generally. But nonetheless pretty uh good fun to play through and the co-op's been exceptionally good fun um what i've been listening to i've just got opio's new album opio's a kind of an obscure australian i guess you could call him glitch hop artist sort of side trance and glitch and bit of everything um his first album i was absolutely addicted to um it was pretty much uh my rebirth into the sort of the side side trance genre i had sort of fallen away from it for a while but definitely fallen um, back in love with that sort of genre again and what I've been watching at the moment has been Franklin and Bash a uh, new legal drama very similar to Boston legal style humour very much based around sort of the, the American law courts with you know ridiculous um, sort of court style drama um, and yeah that's sort of just been what I've been uh, enjoying recently um, you know currently uh, looking for a new job because my contract's finished so I've got a lot of time to um, I guess you could say waste depends on who you're talking <laughs> to um, but yeah what about you Ben what have you been up to so uh, I just finished a couple of games recently Dead Rising 2 on the 360 it's also out on PS3 but I was playing the Xbox one so what do you think of that because I actually never got around to playing that and I had intended to I only but played I, Case West yeah I, I, it's the same with me I played Case West and found that it was enough did yeah. you play Case West or Case Zero? Case, Case Zero might have been the one. Oh, it was Case West for me. Okay, because okay. I played Case Zero quite a while ago when it first came out, and I was in the same kind of situation where I really liked it, but by the end I'm like, yeah, I've got my Dead Rising fix, and the main game is pretty similar to that. Was it visually the same? Um, basically, yeah. Was it better looking? Because to be honest, I thought that was like a standard arcade game, and... I don't know if I wanted to spend full money on a game that looked like that. No, it, it, it basically looks the same as the downloadable one. Um, and the thing that is annoying about it is the loading times are also the same, which between areas, there's quite a long load, which um, I heard they're re-releasing Dead Rising 2 with Frank West from the original Dead Rising as the main character, and that's one of the things that they've fixed. 
But uh, yeah, that is a bit annoying. The areas are quite big, so it's not a huge problem, but you do have to go back and forth to your safe house all the time, and it all adds up. But overall, yeah, I really enjoyed the game. One thing about it was a bit annoying is at the end of the game there's multiple endings, and that's alright, because you know, depending on all the, all the cases that you finish, you'll get a different ending, or if you skip it and just decide to fuck around and kill guys on your own, then uh, you know, you're obviously not going to get the perfect ending. But without spoiling too much, at the end of the game you get a choice to make, but it's not obvious that if you don't do the recommended choice that you're going to uh, not finish the game the way that it intended. And so there's a whole other section of the end of the game that I didn't even realise was there the first time. I had to go back, do this last mission, beat the last boss again, which was a bitch because it's just quite hard, and then you get to this extra extended ending. But uh, overall, the game was pretty fun. And there's, as you mentioned, Case West, which is um, like another downloadable game that comes after Dead Rising 2, which uh, I haven't played yet, but that looks pretty fun as well. Um, but yeah, if you, if you just play the... Case Zero, you can probably gauge what the full game is going to be from okay. that. So it's probably a fair assumption that after playing that and I didn't enjoy it that much, that I'm probably not going to enjoy the game. Exactly. It's, it's very similar to Dead Rising 1 or Case Zero, um, but yeah, just you know, bigger, I guess. Yeah, I, I had a bit of fun with Case West. I didn't get a chance to play much of the co-op because I didn't have uh, any friends that had a copy of it as well. And I think... That would be a much more fun. Like that would be, you'd have a lot more fun with that playing that in more of a co-op environment than a sing, like just playing it single player. Yeah. Um, but it's it seems like um, a, a good game if you just want a bit of almost slapstick uh, comedy and violence sort of mixed together with the zombie theme. And you know we're all uh, big fans of sort of zombie apocalypse style games and and movies and music here. So well, not really music as much, but um, it'd be kind of odd for a music one. But I think know. we should start a new uh, genre of music. Yes, yes, we'll make millions and millions of dollars off that because no one will listen to it. Um, but yeah, no, I I think like I really enjoyed Case West, um, but certainly once again, like Nick, I'm not quite sure I would want to play a full retail, you know, thirty hour game. Yeah, and I think a lot of people felt the same way. Which, uh, it seemed like they sold a lot of copies of Case Zero, so it seemed like a good plan to start with, but yeah, then I think people just got their fill after playing that, so it's interesting to see that they're re-releasing the game with the main character from the first one, just maybe to try and recoup some of those uh, sales. Yeah. Frank West is a cooler character, though. He yeah. has that sleazy, almost porn um, photographer sort of look to him. Well, the whole photography element was probably the best bit of the first game, so it's interesting it was choice that, yeah. yeah, they took it out. Well, I guess it's a, it's a very... Um, uh, uh, it, it's very much a Japanese thing, mm. which I guess is the way to describe it the best without uh, going over the top about it. Um, it's, it's not something that I think the Americans adopted, yeah. And they didn't they didn't quite like that aspect of the game. So that was probably why it was removed when they went to go for a Western market. The photography angle yeah. didn't really match. But yeah. then they went too far to the American angle, in my mind, where they went to the almost evil Knievel-style stunt driver with you know the bright outfit and all the rest, who was almost too over-the-top American, I find. And that's why, especially at least here in Australia, it didn't quite sort of fit for us as such. I think it was one of the problems that a lot of people found. Now, I never played the first game. Did the first game have an emotional element like the daughter in the second game? Not really. You're on your own, basically, and you meet a couple of people in the mall, and there is a love interest, but I don't think things ever really pan out in that aspect. So it'll be interesting if they can uh, try and do something similar for the remake. But, uh, yeah, the, the second game was definitely more emotional in that way. Cool. But, uh, Kurt, 
Kurt mentioned the co-op aspect of it, and I think that would be pretty fun as well. I played a bit of co-op on online, but uh, you have to really work together with people because you can only stay in the same area, and when you try and leave an area, they, the other player has to be uh, within your vicinity, very close vicinity. And so you really have to work together. So I think if you can find a friend to play it together in co-op and work through the whole game together, that's probably the best way to do it. Excellent. All right. Well, now we're talking about games at the moment. A lot of game news happening recently. Uh, in fact, a lot of console news or handheld console news happening recently. We might start off with the big one, which is Nintendo 3DS price cut. Yeah, it got cut by, in Australia, $100, which is huge considering the console only came out less than six months ago. That's a lot of... that. that, yeah. that price cut will get me buying one no doubt about it yeah. okay. I, I was not going to buy one but that is that is that's like buying two games yeah. that price in Australian money that, that is two $80 games right there that's nothing well it's interesting you say that because the only other time that I can think of this kind of thing happening was when the original Xbox came out and that got price cut but I believe it was $250 cheaper within about two or three months of it launching and they actually offered everyone two games of their choice and an extra controller. And so Nintendo's doing a similar thing where everyone who bought the console before this price drop, which comes into effect on August 12th, is getting 20 free downloadable games, which is pretty cool. There's That'd ten... be more than, more than $100 worth. Of yeah, exactly. So, and they actually seem like decent games. There's 10 downloadable NES titles and 10 downloadable Game Boy Advance titles. And there's a few things like The Legend of Zelda for the NES. And, um, there's... Well, I've got, a, I've got a short list here yeah, that I can read through. So, uh, a short list of a couple of the NES games. You've got Super Mario Brothers, Donkey Kong Jr. There's Balloon Fight, which I never played. Ice Climbers, which of course, I guess, from our knowledge, really comes through uh, playing, Smash, Brothers. Yeah, Smash Brothers and games like that. Then there's The Legend of Zelda. Now we're talking Game Boy Advanced games. There's Yoshi's Island Super Mario Advance 3. There's Mario Kart Super Circuit. Metroid Fusion, uh, WarioWare, and Mario vs. Donkey Kong. So it's not like these are throwaway titles that never went anywhere. These are titles with their characters yeah. involved. Yeah, and yeah. the interesting thing is they mentioned um, the Game Boy Advance games. They don't currently have plans to put them on the virtual console. So the only way that you can get them is if you already have your 3DS. So it's a bit of a weird one. I guess maybe a couple of years from now they'll put them up. But uh, it is good to see that they're offering quality titles, let alone... Like, because a lot of the stuff on the virtual console at the moment is just really crappy games and it's not going to interest you too much. So it's good that they're actually, you know, backing up this $100 discount with some good titles. Now, both you guys did buy the console, I believe. Yeah. yeah. You both have 3DSs. Yes. How do you feel about this? Is, do you actually feel like you're better off buying it early and getting these games compared to uh, buying it later for cheaper? Because that's, that's, I guess, in my position, that is now the... the the way up that I have to make. Yeah, well, when I first got the console, I was, I just, I think like a lot of the original early adopters, I felt a bit let, let down in the sense of the, the launch titles in which, you know, you usually got a choice of one for free with the console um, were fairly weak um, in regards to your actual selection and what you'd want. There wasn't anything really for even the hardcore game as such. There was, you know, the Ghost Recon game. But other than that, you know, the, the other games that came out were, you know, they, they were almost felt like they were quick... You know, quickly port them for the 3DS and get them out so we've got something at launch. Yeah, that's um, often the case for launch. Oh, of course. But certainly, at least this time round, these new games coming onto it is actually going to make me pick up my 3DS again. At the moment, it's sitting on my bedroom floor. I don't even think it's got any charge left in it because um, since having it, all I've done is I've played uh, Zelda Link's Awakening and uh, Kirby's Dreamland. 
because and it's kind of sad to have a you know current generation console where you're playing games from two three generations back um because there's nothing really on the current generation that we want to be playing and you know at least this way we've got another new library of games to play through even though they're all old they're the good ones of the old generation to play so we're certainly not getting sort of screwed over with a whole lot of cheap throwaway games yeah certainly stuff like um, Metroid and Mario Kart Advance they're both quality games and Yoshi's Island as well so if you've never played them then I'd probably recommend getting it before the price cut especially since those games aren't going to be available on the virtual console I was lucky enough to get my console with a game for 300 bucks. so if you can find a deal like that then you're saving quite a lot of money yeah. I'm assuming there's a pack with uh, the Zelda game as well I'm assuming there's an Ocarina of Time pack somewhere. You'll probably. Be able to find yeah. it for a good I, price. I, and really, I haven't seen it. But that, yeah. I, I, not to pigeonhole it, but that is the only reason to buy it at this point in time. Yeah. Well, so that far, was the only reason to buy it at the start. Zelda's definitely the best game out at the moment. Um, I've got Dead or Alive Dimensions, which is also quite fun. They're, Zelda's obviously like a 13, 14-year-old game at this point. They've upgraded it a bit, but it's still if you know a game that's a 64 game. Dead or Alive Dimensions is basically the 360 version of Dead or Alive 4 with a few extra modes and like a new story mode and stuff. So you've probably played these games before, but there's a few things coming out, like Star Fox is coming out and Kid Icarus is coming out. There's Tales of the Abyss, which I'm really looking forward to. Resident Evil, which was exceptional at E3. I think Resident Evil was definitely the best thing coming out for the console, as well as the new Mario Kart and Mario. Mario 3D, yep. So uh, there's definitely a lot to look forward to. So while right now there's not a whole lot to play, um, I think there's enough to tide you over until the new games come. Yeah, and certainly one thing that I had the advantage of with the 3DS, which, uh, like, given that the three, the standard 3DS, sorry, the standard DS, a lot of people have. The advantage I have with the 3DS is I never had a DS, so I had a huge library of old games to play through and allowed me to go back through a lot of the old games and finally play them after years and years and years of this huge library being built that I was missing. So the first thing I did with my 3DS is go out and get a whole lot of DS games and finally give them a shot. Um, and so certainly if you don't have a DS, go pick yourself up a 3DS now, get it before the price drop, get the extra games for free, and then go through the trading bins and pick up some of the great DS games. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of DS games on my 3DS as well just because I finished Zelda and uh, Dead or Alive, as I mentioned. And I just finished playing 999, which is a really obscure um, story-driven adventure game. And I absolutely loved it. It's probably, I think it came out last year, but not many people know about it. It flew under the radar. And it's just one of the best games for the system. Akami Din also came out at the end of the last year, which is like a new version of um, the Akami PS2 game. And it basically plays like a Zelda game that's supposed to be really good. There's Dragon Quest, Pokemon. There's been so many games over that console's life cycle that I've been playing the console since it came out and I still haven't got through all the original DS games that I'm interested in. So there's definitely something for everyone if you pick up a 3DS right now. Alright, so from one handheld console to another, the PlayStation Vita has been pushed back. This this is something I'm not really over. Uh, Handheld games really fell off for me about the Game Boy Advance stage. That was probably the last time I really played it. Uh, there were DSs around my house. Um, uh, my partner has a DS as well, which I played hers, but I don't really spend a lot of time on it. So handheld games aren't really my thing. What is what is the, the word on the street of the Vita? 
Um, well, certainly from what we've seen of the Vita, so especially with me and Ben at E3, and we were able to have a look at it there, is some of the games that are coming out for that just look exceptional. It's seriously looking like a next-gen co- uh, console that you can take on the, the road with you. Um, you know, it being pushed back, are we surprised? Well, not... I personally wasn't in particular, especially after talking to a couple of the... Uh, one of the Sony reps that we met at E3, where yeah. they were saying, even if it got released in Japan, especially for... Um, people you know in australia even in the u.s it takes a long time for it to come over here especially for australians in particular because it still has to pass all of our government classifications and all the rest of it and the big hoo-ha well so, to be to clarify it hasn't got pushed back it's still coming out in japan at the end of the year but they they kind of made it sound like there was going to be a worldwide launch and now they've said that it's going to come out in u.s and uh, the rest of the world in 2012 but you'll still be able to import one if you're desperate. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they never specifically came out and said it was definitely coming out here before the end of the year. And that's why, yeah, mo- like, I'm not that surprised. You know, the PlayStation 3, I believe, came out in Japan before it came out in Australia. There's a lot of the sort of stuff that gets held back anyway. So, really, it's it's not the, the end of the world, and certainly the system's fantastic. Um, but if you've got a PSP currently, you know, the, the games are still fantastic on that. And really... We could, um, my guess will be we'll see it early in 2012, so we're not going to lose a huge amount of time behind it. And if anything, it means that we can skip the you know the opening you know weekend where there's no real games for it and everything. And by the time it comes out here, we might actually have a decent library to start exactly off anyway. Um, so yeah, certainly I'd be keeping my eyes pretty close, uh, you know, and and doing my research on the the Vita because from what we've seen, it looks really good fun. Um, and it might just be that little thing that portable gaming needs to sort of bring it back to the older hardcore audience that are shying away from the 3DS because even though it has some hardcore games, it still looks very tailored to the younger generation and, and kids and stuff like that. Also, um, it's quite minimal. Yeah. Um, and certainly, you know, handheld gaming, I think, has sort of died off a little bit over the years, but it's more the fact that people are taking it in a different way. A lot of people are moving to their phones for gaming. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah. Handheld gaming is no longer a uh, console or a console company yeah. structure. It is a mobile phone. It is, to be quite honest, the iPhone and Apple have taken handheld gaming. Oh, and, and Android. And, uh, yeah. Android too. But I guess if you look at the number of sales over each of them, the iPhone App Store and iTunes, they just dominate any any game. And in fact, I think they dominate gaming in general, yeah, even, the big, even across consoles. Yeah. The big advantage of the iPhone and you know mobile phone gaming in general is that you've always got your phone on you. It's not an extra device. In your exactly. Pocket. Which yeah. is with the DS or PSP, you have to carry around something else. And so, if you're looking just for a couple of games on the go, then those things are great for that. I'm pretty addicted to cut the rope at the moment. <laughs> But uh, overall, I want bigger games because I've got a commute to work that's quite lengthy at the moment. And so being able to play stuff like Metal Gear Portable Ops and Peace Walker just on the train, that's something that I can sit down with for over an hour and you actually get a full story and bus fights rather than just, you know, playing Angry Birds for an hour. Yeah, Certainly, you know, I've been playing a lot of the the Carriersoft games, so stuff like uh, Hot Hot Spring Story, Game Dev Story... uh, Grand Prix story and stuff like that on my Android phone. And the one thing I found is, rather than being a mobile game for me for commutes and so forth, I find at night if I just want to sort of, if I'm lying in bed, rather than, you know, say watching TV, if I feel like playing a game I don't have to go get the Xbox hooked up or anything like that. I can just pull out my phone play half an hour or an hour and then 
you know, go off to bed. And these games are certainly, if you look for the right ones, you can now get into games that are going for four or five hours of storyline or play, you know, single playthroughs. And with a lot of them having, you know, a new game plus, the idea of the replayability by carrying stuff over from your first playthrough. Um, we're starting to get these games coming out on the iPhone that are not just like little gadgety games that are, you know, uh, kitschy and you play them for a few minutes and that's it. You're actually starting to get full storylines, you know, full gameplay accessibility. We're starting to see full RPGs coming out for the iPhone and Android now that a few years ago were almost unheard of. Well, certainly Square just released Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. Yeah, Yeah. and Final Fantasy 3 on uh, the iPhone. But... I think I'd still prefer to play them on consoles just because of the lack of buttons. Plus, price-wise, you do look at it and you go, gee, that's $13 for a game on my iPhone. That's just far too expensive. And 20 years old. You know, the the other big problem we're still having with, and this is not just for the iPhone, this is for 3DS and all the rest, is some of these older games that they're re-releasing now are so expensive that you actually start having to really think, do I want to play this game just for nostalgia sense and drop yeah, some serious cash? If, if you don't have that nostalgia with it, yeah. it's not worth playing. That's I guess that was one of the major drawbacks with the 3DS and Ocarina of Time. If you never played Ocarina of Time, you are not going to be able to play that game and go, this is amazing. Yet everyone that did play it is going to turn around and go, this is amazing because of the nostalgia factor and you got you know rose-coloured glasses when you play it. Yeah, well, certainly, you know, for the 3DS, there are a few games that came out when they first launched the eShop for um, at E3 that, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, yes, finally I get to play Link's Awakening again. You know, I, I, I loved that game when it first finally, came Finally, I can play it again. Again. Um, but the problem with it, of course, being is I think it was $12. Yeah, it's and not cheap. It's not, that's not cheap for a Game Boy Advance game. That Firstly, I own the cartridge. No, Game Boy Color game. Game Boy Color, yeah, sorry. It wow. was, yeah. And I own the cartridge, so I've already dropped the $50 that it originally was, even though that's years ago. But it's that sort of thing of, why am I paying $12 for a game that I physically own? And I'm putting on a new system that's, you know, years and years old now. And I'm sort of sitting there thinking, this seems a bit, you know, a bit silly to do that. Well, I agree that the virtual console games are a bit expensive. But something like Final Fantasy 3 on the iPhone, mm. that's, I think, $16, $13, whatever it is. If you were paying that for the DS version, that's actually quite cheap. And it's the same game. So it just depends. Like, we're used to paying a dollar for iPhone games. Yes. But compared to the consoles, that's still not a bad price at all. So it just depends uh, what you're used to paying and whether or not you want to play it on the iPhone or not. Yeah, excellent. All right, so let's get stuck into a couple of other things that have come up recently. And I guess something that we're all going to be very, very keen on because we played this game to death. Uh, they are, I believe, about to announce that Borderlands 2 is going to yeah, be released. Yeah. Can't yeah. wait for Borderlands 2. And I believe they're saying, from what I'm reading here, it's the fiscal year of uh, 2013, which is beginning in April 1st, 2012. So assuming it'll be late next year, we'll get it. Yeah, probably about this time next year. Yeah, about yeah. this time next year, probably even a November release, something pre-Christmas, like the massive November coming up yeah. soon. Uh, but we all played that game to death as it was it was a breath of fresh air into the current system which was dominated by your Call of Duty World at War and your Halo Reach it was just something different and something new and inventive yeah it was great Um, I've been screaming for years for a a first person RPG sort of loot pick up game and there have been a few don't get me wrong but one that was this well fleshed out with this much sort of background depth co-op playability big big sales that point. was by far one of yeah. the best points the co-op playability Definitely. because 
especially a storyline that's co-op but is still a, a button masher yeah. in that sense was something that's very unique in yeah. our market at the moment which we just don't have on our current consoles yeah but not just co-op but split screen co-op yes so I love being able to sit down and play a game with one of my friends that you know at home but being able to being like a lot of games at the moment like Dead Rising 2 which we mentioned that's one of them that forces you to play over Xbox Live and so if he doesn't have the same game or the same console or whatever then you just can't play it but uh, this was one that you could really just like jump in wherever you are and instantly pick it up and yeah. that was great and 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 like it was there was so much to it like the the post apocalyptic style almost cartoony bat crap crazy sort of world that you're in where almost it was a, like a mad max cartoon to a point you know was just endlessly fun but it meant that anyone could drop in they didn't have to know the storyline up until that point because it was mission based it was still the overarching story but it wasn't one that you know you'd really had to have sat down from the beginning with um, and so it was just yeah it was a great game we've all of us really enjoyed it I'm sure there's going to be a small fight over who gets to do the uh, trading game of the week review on it um, but certainly if we can see another one similar to it with you know the second uh, installment of the game um I have no reason, even if at this point, if they only made a few small changes, you know, if you've got a good recipe, don't, you know, mess around with it. As far um, as I can see, they're bringing new characters in. Yeah. It's, it's, well, that's one of the speculations. Yeah. And I'm assuming maybe maybe changing up some of the weapon, not varieties, but changing yeah. up some of the uh, abilities the weapon have, because that was very, very creative in the fact that they had a big long list of things and it just randomly picked things for the weapons. Yeah. 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 Well, one of the things that I'd like to see improved is being able to easily tell if a weapon that has been dropped is better than your current weapon. And perhaps the pickup of the weapon. Yeah, that too. Because what kept happening is you'd hold X, I believe, to pick up everything, but then you also held X on a specific weapon to replace your current weapon with the existing weapon, and so you'd end up shooting, and you're like, why is my gun doing nothing? And you're like, oh, I accidentally replaced my weapon, which, that was just a bit silly. So little things like that could definitely make a big difference to the game. Um, and maybe like an overall story I'd like to see like the story was good especially in some of the downloadable content but in the main game I think it could be improved yeah that's something I think that they will be probably addressing we might move on to another topic now and this is something uh, for me we're going to talk about Battlefield 3 which is a game that I'm absolutely dying to get my hands on I I tell you Battlefield 2 or Bad Bad Company 2 was probably the best shooter I've ever played and the structure of it the use of uh, multiple different varieties of people while still confining them to having very specific abilities, the use of the medic when you're not that good at shooting, use of snipers to be able to spot people, and that spotting was just amazing. Anyway, we can go on about that for <laughs> da- I can go on about that for days. But, so Battlefield 3 is coming out soon. If you've noticed, EA has a very strong idea of dislike towards trading games. Yes. And they get people to sign up to their own, uh, you get your own uh, ID, I believe, with EA when you log into games, different content. And of course, uh, Mass Effect 2 had their own system where you log on and you actually get given free stuff because you're part of that system. Battlefield... Free if you buy it new. Yes, if you buy it new. Now that's the kicker, isn't it? Because Battlefield 3, they believe is going to be released with an online pass, which if you buy it new you will have a pass to allow you to play online. If you do not buy it new, you will not have the pass. If you buy it secondhand, you will have to go and then pay on top of your secondhand price to be able to play online. Is this, I'm, I'm a little torn here because I can understand why they do it and I'm probably going to buy it new anyway. But some people just can't afford to buy full-price games of and course. trade-ins is a good way to 
make money as well as save money. Yeah. It's a good way for people that have beaten the game, that don't want it anymore, that want to move on and can't afford to keep hold of all these games, to then trade them in. It's a very good system for gamers to continue to play more yeah. and gamers to help other gamers enjoy more games. But I can understand that from their point of view, every time someone trades it in and, and trades it in and trades it in, they lose money on top of money on top of money. Of course. Uh, there's, there's always a devil ad, uh, devil's advocate sort of side of things, which is that the trading game, the used game market basically is really hurting developers these days. And it's the attitude of if you want to reward developers for making a good game, buy it brand new. You know, basically vote with your wallet sort of attitude towards things. Um, and, you know, that, that's been the case. Certainly EA is not the only company that has been doing this. You know, uh, LNOI had the Rockstar Pass for a lot of their sort of stuff. Um, and we've been seeing it slowly pop up here and there in a lot of games over the last uh, probably two years now that they've started to implement them into a lot more games. Um, my main sort of view to the whole thing is uh, rewarding people to buy a game brand new. I don't really see too much of a problem as long as this extra pass isn't too overpriced. Certainly Gears War 2, if you bought it brand new, you got the classic map pack with it. Something simple where the game itself wasn't really affected if you bought it second hand, but certainly you got rewarded that little bit extra for buying it brand new. And now, this is this is almost cutting off 50% of your gameplay. And in fact, for something like Battlefield 3, it is 90% will be online play. There will be... You, you play through the course one, the main the main uh, solo mission once to get achievements if you like to do that. Otherwise, you are going to go and purely play online in that game. Which it, and, and depending on how much this costs, how much they charge you, it could be very... In, in fact, you may double your price. You may pay more buying the game second hand than you would pay if you bought it well it's usually up. about $10 for these kind of things I think or, their last one was more like 25 well it's about 800 points I think for certain things but just say it's 25 I think it doesn't really matter the way to look at it is that if you're buying the game second hand just factor in that additional cost yeah, whatever it's going to be yeah so the way they're going to get people is maybe people buying it for their kids or people who aren't familiar with gaming buying it and not realising that they have to pay at this extra cost. But for people like you and me who know a bit more about it, if you're interested in buying the game and you see it cheap, just remember, I might have to pay this $10, $20 on top of the actual in-store price. Which, for me, I don't tend to play a whole lot of these kind of things online, so it's not a huge deal, but I also tend to buy my games new, and if they want to give more money to the developers, then I don't see a big problem with it. Yeah. Now, I guess uh, I think I've written about, in particular, while doing my studies, uh, is about the relationship between uh, the people that make more money wanting to keep more money and the people that don't make much money just wanting to get their product out there. So smaller games are happy for trade-ins because it gets more people playing their game, whereas big companies like EA, not to, not to be negative towards them, but big companies like EA see that every time someone doesn't buy, that's money they're losing, when in fact, really, when they're posting record sales every year... It's not something that really factors into the extent of a small company who doesn't make much money but wants to get it out there. Well, one of the interesting things, there was this sale this week, I think it's maybe finishing today or yesterday, called the Humble Bundle, where you can buy a whole bunch of independent, independent games on Steam and uh, you can pay whatever you want. So you pay five or like even a cent if you want. Yeah. You can pay $10, you can pay $20 for a pack that would cost you about $50 normally if you're buying all these games. And then, even if you paid more than the average price, you also got five more games for free. And so it's the same kind of thing. These people are just trying to get their games out there. But in the end, they raised over a million dollars. 
And so it means that people can actually play their games and they can make a decent amount of money. And I think that's a good way to do it. The concern, of course, as well, which has been slightly overlooked so far, is it's all fine that we might have to buy you know, a Rockstar Pass or an EA Pass or you know, any of the rest of them. The concern for it is, is what happens with these kids that do go buy it secondhand, have the $20 but no credit card to buy. You know, yeah, you can get points cards and stuff these days, but a lot of kids don't have the ability to do the online microtransactions or their parents won't let them use their credit card to do it for whatever reason, you know, the parent may choose. You're still locking out a lot of your users and so forth that may not have the ability to buy these extra passes online just due to the fact that they may not have the credit card and yeah. so forth. Um, certainly, I've got friends that still to this day don't really want a credit card because, you know, they might not trust themselves not to spend and so forth with it. But that's still going to put them in a situation where they may have to go out to a place like JB Hi-Fi or EB Games and buy a points card. And if not, they've locked out, they'll lock themselves out of the online ability. Um, and also, it's just stuff down to, like, you know, we all share games amongst each other where it's like, hey, you might not want to play the whole way through this game. Take this, see what you think, maybe you'll want to go buy it. Now, if I go buy Battlefield 3 and start playing the online, I'm really enjoying it. And I say to my friend, hey, man... Here's Battlefield 3, take it home, play it half now, see what you think. If you like it, go buy it. They can't because they have to go drop the $25 to test the game online. And this is one of the big problems that's also going to come up is what happens when you, you just want to play with your friends or for that matter you have a friend around you want to get online and play together and if they don't have you know, a, you know, a copy of the game and with their online pass, they're going to be up for $25. Yeah. Now I'd like to think that, that this, these will be issues that will be worked out but I think it is a slippery slope if we look at what uh, is it Activision that is working on uh, Modern Warfare 3? Yes. Yep. Uh, what they're doing where you actually pay extra money for more features online, a, a, a less bare online version. Yeah. But Call of Duty Elite is what yes. calling it. Uh, but I have the fear that the next logical step in this line is you buy a game and then you pay for multiplayer. Yeah. And that is something that, to be quite honest, is, is it's, it's charging money on top of money that people just don't have to play. Like, like to, they just can't afford to pay it. Unless, of course, you counterbalance that in the original cost. If I could pay, buy games in the sense of it's $30 for the single player and then it's $50 online for the rest of the game, fantastic, because I might only well, want then to play why the do single that? Well, then why not charge the full price for yeah. it and people will still buy it anyway? But it's that sort of uh, pay-as-you-play sort of aspect to it. You know, okay, you're only going to pay... You know, you're not going to play the multiplayer because say you're one of the people with X, that don't have Xbox Live cool, there's your $30 single-player game, you're not going to use our service, so that saves us yeah. money, blah, 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 and, and onwards. It's, it's the same the World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft, just sort of uh, model of, you know, you just pay by the month to play the games. Now, um, you know, I got sucked into the... Well, not really sucked into it, I enjoyed it, but I used to play World of Warcraft. I bought the game for full price. I bought all the expansion packs for full price and paid $20 a month to play it for probably about a year in the end. You know, I stopped playing a few years ago. Um, that was fine, you know, but I could see for a lot of people when I said, hey, you should give World of Warcraft a go, even here, have my seven-day trial, most people are like, I'm not paying to play. It just doesn't make sense for us to do that sort of thing. And so you're still on that slippery slope. And as we've also seen with stuff like map packs, where map packs used to be four to 800 Microsoft points, and then Activision with uh, Modern Warfare 1 went, let's just try a 1,200-point map pack. Oh, that worked. Let's keep it at that rate from here on out. Will we see that continuing to increase because people want the map packs? 
Yeah. Now, as it's starting to rain heavier and heavier while we're here, uh, it's going to come through, I'm afraid, which is, uh, we can't do much about at this point in time. The pitfalls of not having a soundproof booth to record in. <laughs> yet. Yet. Yet is the big answer. The more you visit our website and click on the banner ads in the future, the more likely we'll have a soundproof booth. <laughs> and cue heavier rain. But, but <laughs> it, what, is, what yeah. is going on? It was such a great week this week. I don't know about you guys, but outside was beautiful all week. Sunshine for the first time in months. Uh, you know, it was really nice, quite good, and then gets to the weekend, bam, raining everywhere. I think we're just tapping into the uh, rain lovers market. If, you know, people want the ambience of listening to podcasts in the rain, then we can provide them with something a bit we different. Should, we should be quiet for a bit and let it... Nah, that's going to be boring for our listeners. <laughs> That'd be nice. Or you could uh, relax while you're doing something. <laughs> oh, um... Well, one of the things I was going to uh, bring up as a little bit of a topic thing is what we, in the future podcast from now, we're going to start looking at for, I guess you call them segments, you know, little things that you can look forward to every week to, Enough you know, you. to listen to. Shut up. <laughs> um, so, and of course, one of them we want to be doing is reader mail. Um, of course, we can't do that until people start writing in and that's fine. Um, but or we, maybe listen to mail, maybe. Listen to mail. That would make a lot more sense. But nonetheless, we... Um, would like to encourage people to start writing into the, you know, into the podcast and with, you know, looking for gaming advice, life advice, hell, relationship advice, you know, we're happy to sort of... We are experts. We are not experts, but we're happy to give our... We can pretend to be experts. Yeah, our attempt... Dr. Nick, on the couch, 12. <laughs> yeah, we can, we can just basically try and give our opinions and usually, that you know, you never know, they might be good, they might just be smart-ass opinions and they might be able to laugh at us for the, uh, the lack of knowledge we have of stuff like, you know, of... Of life, women, relationships, sport, all sorts of good stuff. Hey, I know about sport, don't worry about that. Yeah. Um, so, certainly we'll give a shout out, you know, we'd like to give a bit of a shout out to see if we can get some uh, mail in. Yeah, so where can they do that, Kurt? Okay, uh, I was waiting for someone to sort of do that, you know, lead in for me. Do you like it? It was seamless. Yes, yeah, seamless as hell. Um, well, at the moment, you can write to any one of the editors at the website, so uh, Nick, Ben, or Kurt at pressx.com.au. Um, and we will very, very soon also have an email up. In fact, by the time this goes up, you can write to podcast at pressx.com.au. Um, and, yeah, we'll do our best to answer what we can. Um, if you want to write random questions... We'll give about 20 issues and we should be answering questions. Yeah, yeah. So basically just go, um, you know, you can write about anything. Go, my car doesn't start, why? Well, well it might not have Bring the rain back for next episode. Exactly. Oh, should be you do know a fair bit about cars. I Compared do know to me, I'm, I'm very, very yeah. basic when it comes to cars, but yeah. certainly you've been yeah. working on cars for quite a while now. Yeah. And I have a car, so... Yeah, we're all experts on the topic. But yeah, no, so write in with whatever the hell you want to write in about, and we can, yeah, do our best. Sure, we can find fun. someone that knows something about and it. And if not, we're turning to Yahoo questions, and we'll start answering random questions. So let's see what ends up happening from it. That's probably the best way to do it. All right. All right, so uh, anything else we're thinking of chatting about? I'm really dry for topics from now um, basically one of the things I wanted to bring up is one of the articles that will be coming up very soon on our website given that we're a consumer advice website um, we're going to be sort of looking into um, helping those who want to get into gaming or are just new to gaming so the first question that usually comes up is what console do I buy um, the article will go into more depth but the main uh, sort of topic in regards to that would be in, the ne- in this current generation, there seems to be a stigma already related to uh, Wii being for children, Xbox being for shooter fanboys, and PlayStation 3 being for the tech heads. Um, but that doesn't actually have to be the case. I think we all have our own opinions to it. So, 
Uh, maybe I'll see. We'll pass over to Nick and see what he thinks in from his point of view. Okay. Well, speaking console wise, uh, I've since I've been old enough to earn money myself, I've had that thought of. To be quite honest, the idea of having console wars and people not liking other consoles is kind of redundant when you can afford to buy any of the consoles you want and when all it takes is a little bit of self-control and three weeks later you can buy a console, no problem. I guess with things like rent and stuff like that, it becomes a little bit more expensive and a little bit harder to buy the consoles. But I don't see uh, the war of consoles being really relevant for anyone except for them and for people that have to ask their mum to buy a console for Christmas. Of course. Uh, but to be honest, uh, from personal use, I've used all three consoles regularly. And I do not own a Wii anymore. I currently own a PS3 and I currently own an Xbox 360. And I spend game-wise most of my time playing the 360. In fact, it is very rare that I'll play games on my PS3. Saying that, my PS3 I use as a media center. I have a 2 terabyte hard drive connected to it that I watch all of my content off. So Legally purchased, of course. Well, yeah, we just you know whenever you get a DVD, put it on there. You can manage it all through that. So that's how I manage that. And I also have uh, all my Blu-rays played through there as well. So anytime I, 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 I use it primarily as a media center slash Blu-ray, which I think is one of the better ways to manage it because it really just provides that quality that I was looking for. And I do, you know, I love movies, so I love getting to watch them in high quality. But gaming-wise, I would personally go for the 360. And it, it does come down to what your friends have. And I found more that my friends all seem to have Xbox 360. That seems to be the console that everyone's got and seems to be the one that people use mainly because uh, uh, the the exclusives are, in inverted commas, better and uh, the fact that every game basically comes out through there and it's very rare that games don't come out on a 360. Uh, So that's really the reasons why I play a 360 over a uh, Xbox I mean, over the PS2, 3, 4, 5. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> I've, I, you know, I've owned consoles all my life and you, you kind of get confused in the end. And yeah, since being old enough to buy consoles, I don't mind. But really, if it, if it comes down to I can only afford one, game-wise, I'd probably go and get an Xbox 360. Well, I think it depends what kind of games you're into. Because, again, I've got all of the consoles at the moment and um, I mostly play my 360 with the PS3 ones as being the console-exclusive games. Kurt's just subtly heading out of here. You can hear him rustling. Yeah, that's bang everywhere. We're in a rather cluttered room at the moment. So <laughs> it's not a, it's not like a studio office or anything like that. So we're sitting on couches and recording this. So Ben? Yeah, but certainly things like um, L.A. Noir on the PS3 is on a single disc rather than multiple discs. And that's a very with, good point. Yeah, same with Final Fantasy. And I believe the graphics also look better in you know the PS3 versions on certain games and that kind of thing. Um, but... Yeah, if you want to play exclusive games like Gears of War 3 or Forza, you can get the Xbox. If you want to play Little Big Planet or, um, you know, like Killzone or God of War or Metal Gear, any of those games, you obviously need the PS3 for. So, just because I want to play everything, yes. personally, I, you know, find use for both consoles. But, uh, yeah, it just really depends... On your personal opinion, I, I feel. think it also comes down to uh, things like controller as well. Whether you yeah. whether you feel comfortable playing shooters, which are, to be quite honest, gaming wise, probably the games that get the most people moving across onto a console are shooting games. Sure. 
and I think it'll depend on whether you feel comfortable using a PS3 controller or whether you prefer to use an Xbox 360 controller. Uh, I do find the Xbox 360 controller more comfortable. However, I have played shooters on the PS3 recently and haven't had too much trouble with them. However, I do find that on the PS3, I generally just blaze away and will almost, uh, almost move my position rather than moving my aim. Which I don't know. You don't, I guess you don't play as many shooters. Well, I've been playing Killzone Three at the moment. I haven't really had that problem. But uh, one of the advantages of the PS3 controller is the D-pad, which the Xbox D-pad is a bit uh, horrid. Yeah, it's not the best. That's for sure. So I know a lot of people prefer fighting games on the PS3. Yeah, yeah, that's something that I have heard that people do prefer to play their fighting games through or PS3. E- yeah, or even buying an arcade stick. And even like a lot of shooter fans prefer the uh, PC just because of I the guess- mouse. If you're sneaky enough, you can get uh, consoles that are made, like, vice versa. Like, you can buy a 360-shaped controller for your uh, PS3. PS3. Yeah. And I believe you could probably find PS3 controllers for the 360. Yes, you can. They're, um, I know that PlayAsia has a couple of them up online. I've had a fiddle with a few of them. They seem to be actually all right. Um, the other thing with it is, is the D-pad on the 360 now has been overhauled. So... It is a bit better. I can't tell the difference. Yeah. I do have one of those new uh, controllers, and I just can't tell the difference. Yeah. Well, my Mad Cats uh, controller, the Modern Warfare one, also had the proper D-pad put on it, and I certainly find that that is significantly better than the original D-pad you found on the Xbox. Even Microsoft's recognised that by making the new controllers um, with the rotational D-pad that allows you to click it into standard D-pad mode or the original style D-pad. But yeah. So we might start talking about, um, perhaps for perhaps the last topic, digital distribution of consoles, We did or, or gaming. We did talk about this before, and I am not sure which way I stand. I now have just upgraded my internet so I can download copious amounts of content without any fears of uh, blowing my internet cap. Mm-hmm. So I have unlimited internet cap so I can keep downloading games and stuff like that off uh, Xbox 360, off... Um, off the PSN network so that, that's a good thing but I'm still not sure whether it's worth it and I did actually go through and I wanted to buy Skate 3 and I thought hey I'm sitting in front of my console why don't I just buy it on there and I went through went through into the console went through to buy games had a look didn't have that one they did have Skate 2 that at $50 mm. now I went out and bought uh, Skate 3 in a deal with uh, 2 for 40 so I bought a, a year a year older game or a year younger game, the latest one, for twenty thirty dollars less than what the other the older game was online. That's the only problem that the price wise we are not getting the deal that we deserve. No, yeah, that that's definitely the biggest issue. I think the other issue is storage space. So on PS3, I got one of the original ones with the sixty gig hard drive, and I constantly have to delete stuff, especially because. On PS3, you have to install a whole bunch of games to just to even play them. And Gran Turismo, for example, once you've downloaded it, installed all the patches, to just play the game, that's about 8 gig, I believe. And so that's a huge portion of my 60 gig hard drive taken up. And even on the 360, where I bought the 120 gig expansion hard drive, I'm still constantly deleting things to make room for the new demos or DLC. Yeah, now so, I've got a, two, I got a 250, but it still you know, fills up pretty quickly. Pretty quick. Exactly. So things like the iPhone, where you're just downloading uh, little games, that's great. When eventually, I guess maybe the next generation of consoles comes out, we'll have massive hard drive. Well, that's the question. Does the next generation of console actually have any physical media? I think I will. I think 
because the games will also get bigger in size. So if you're downloading like a Metal Gear 4 or Uncharted, that's like 40 gig right there. So they'll obviously, you know, compress those and be able to get them quicker to download and stuff. But even as soon as a big game comes out, it seems like the servers get hammered. And so you can't have everyone... Like with the PS3 recently had the deal where everyone got infamous for free uh, because of the PlayStation Network outage. Everyone was trying to download it at the same time, and it was just going so slow if you tried to do that. The PSN was down? Since yeah, when? I don't know if you know. <laughs> That's right, we're in the US, right, yeah, okay. Now, I guess uh, to combat that, there are a couple of things that have happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, first we kick off with the fact that if you play World of Warcraft, you can download it, and it allows you to play. So it, it initially downloads and installs the start. Yep. And then from there, as you continue to play, it keeps downloading behind the scenes. And that's so it allows you to keep playing. But the other one is Fable 2, when that was released as a digital option. Yeah. And it was released in sections. Episodic, yeah. Yeah, episodic gaming, which is, I guess, the other way that they'd go about it. So say you've got you know, a 40 gig file, you would only download the first gig and start playing through there, and then it just slowly roll on as you continue to play. Another solution that Steam's implemented is that about a week before the game comes out, they'll allow you to download about 90% of the game. Yeah, pre-downloads. Yeah, Yeah. and so then when the final game's launched, you can download just a little bit extra that'll allow you to play it, and that'll make it quicker to download and easier on your servers as well. Well, one of the big problems that you always have with buying games through download over the actual physical retail disc is that you have the situation where the game comes out that day... Yeah, you could go down the road, pick up a copy of the game at the store, come home, start playing it. You buy it on the store that goes active that day, and if it's a 10 gig game, you could, depending on your internet speed of course, be there for quite some time when you put it to download, which means that all your friends have bought the physical copy already well and truly ahead and running. Um, And the other main thing, going back to your original thing with the cost, is when you buy a physical disc, once you've finished playing the game, you've still got something that you can sell it off for, whether it be second-hand or a trade-in against another game, you've still got something with it. You buy a digital copy, you can't send, then turn back to the PSN and say, all right, I don't want that anymore, give me 50% of my money back. That's not that's no longer become an option for you. The trade-off, of course, of that is no more scratched discs, no more having to worry about where your discs are kept, all the rest. You know, You can just always be on your system, just switch game on the fly whenever you want. So there's always that big trade-off. Certainly, my concern with digital distribution is you are at the mercy of the companies for cost, whether or not you get the game. Now, I bought the, uh, the PSP uh, Go originally for Crisis Call when it first, came, you know, when the PSP Go came out, never came. You know, then I, you know, was waiting on a couple of other games and had to wait like forever after the physical versions of the game came out for it to finally hit the store. And then even then, the physical versions at the store were fifteen dollars, you know, because they were out for so long, but still the full fifty nine ninety nine on the PlayStation Store, so I was kind of stuck at the mercy of firstly getting games late and then also getting them for an overpriced um, amount. So certainly, you know, there are stuff behind it. Digital distribution's great, especially for a lot of people that don't live near stores or, you know, just would like the convenience of being able to just go, alright, I want this new game, I just want to pay for it, download it. You know, we've been doing it for Xbox Live arcade games and PSN um, title, you know, the little titles for quite some time now. It's just taking it to a larger scale. As long as we still have this retail ability, it's probably not something to be too concerned about um, if we can still buy the physical media and just give you the choice of either or. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of where I stand. I think to that. answer the original question of whether the next generation will have 
physical media as well. I think what we'll start to see is that more games will come out day and date on the downloadable version of the store as well as in, you know, the physical copy. So when that happens and when they get the pricing right, then more people will start to move over and then maybe the generation after that will be more looking towards download only. But I still know quite a few people who they either don't have the internet um, download capabilities or they're just not online on their console. And so those people will still be, you know, buying from a store for quite a while, I feel. Yeah, when you develop a console, you're developing, developing it for the entire world. So even though America's infrastructure might be strong enough to handle all digital, they're still selling an awful lot of consoles in Australia, Europe, Asia, all the rest, in which they need to, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these countries, they have the infrastructure, but not to the extent where it's in every home and it's high speed and it's uncapped and it's everywhere. So there's still going to be a need for physical media and consoles. And certainly, you know, Sony has really, you know, struck out lucky in regards to the Blu-ray, where they, they, they battled for the Blu-ray to win. You wouldn't want to be dropping it to, in too much of a hurry now, now that they finally won the war, and it's big enough to store medium, and it's, you know, it's not particularly fast, but it's certainly fast enough to game with. Um, and certainly, you know, Xbox is, well, Microsoft has hinted, and it's very much only at a sort of speculation level at the moment, that they're looking at a new medium over DVD. So hopefully we'll start to see some of that coming across. All right, so we might start winding up now yeah. and uh, go through the final thing. So uh, I guess you've got a couple of shout-outs that you wanted to mention. Uh, yeah, so um, there, we've got one, we've got two sets of uh, podcast series that we are basically featuring on the website at the moment and probably will continue to do so as the website continues. One is Ben's Insane Ramblings podcast. Um very funny sort of the topics in the podcast sort of change as the podcast goes. It's yeah, a, we just talk about whatever the hell we feel yeah. like. It's at insaneramblings.net if you feel like checking that out. There's also a link on the website straight to it. Um, and certainly, yeah, give, them a, give it a listen. You might find that you actually really like it. Um, the other one is we've recently put up an article for the Zombie Podcast um, called We're Alive. It's a sort of 1950s style radio drama that's set in modern day as the zombie apocalypse happens. Um, absolutely worth giving a listen to. The um, As the story goes and the podcast built and all that, and the characters started to sort of intermingle and have these sort of relationships and so forth in it, it just gets better and better and more and more addictive. Um, and certainly highly, highly recommended to give it a uh, check out. If you like zombie um, sort of uh, apocalyptic um, mediums and so forth or if you just like zombie music as we yeah zombie it. music or if you just want like a good story to listen to when you're you know on the tram or in your car or something like that give it a look it's well worth having a look into um the other thing we need to give a bit of a shout out to is the um the social networking side of the site which is currently still being sort of set up and taking off um we've got our twitter up which is press x au um we have our facebook up which is also press x au and our Google Plus, which is just Press X, if anyone ever uses Google Plus. Um, I've got to stop hating on Google Plus, don't I? You really um, do. Well, what happens, what happens when it goes, like, explodes, man? You'll yeah, you'll be able to... Left put, behind. No, you'll be able to put it into a little clip show and go, this is how retarded he used to be, and still is. Um, and, yeah, and so if you want to write to us, um, you can write to Nick at Nick at PressX.com.au. You can write to Kurt at Curtis.PressX.com.au or Kurt at PressX.com.au and ben at ben at pressx.com.au or if you just want to write into the podcast with questions or you know anything advice ideas 
write to podcast at pressx.com.au. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right, so maybe we'll close off with uh, if there's anything that you plan on playing or, or listening to uh, before the next podcast. It might be worth, worth mentioning now. I'm certainly looking forward to playing Bastion. Uh, the arcade game which was released in the summer of arcade I am not going to buy all the games in the summer of arcade because as much as it's a good deal and you get a free game at the end it's still like $150 $160 in the end $20 a game or something like that and I might actually try um, Dust as well but definitely Bastion I'll be playing before the next podcast okay cool I uh, am still playing Killzone 3 and I've also just started a new DS game Ghost Trick which I'll be able to tell you about more next episode yeah um I am sort of going back for a bit of an old retro ga- gaming kick at the moment. Um, I went back to Transport Tycoon Deluxe from back in the day. It's, um, there's a company that's come out and made a open source version called OpenTTD. I've been playing a lot of. And also Theme Hospital, the old bullfrog game from the 90s, which has also got a, a, the equivalent of an OpenTTD version called Corsix. Um, and that's a... Theme Hospital open source version and it runs beautifully on Mac and PC um, and I'll be just continuing to play through Bioshock 1 and 2 really um, hopefully saving up a bit of money so I can basically sit down with Gears of War 3 for hours and hours on end but there'll be more podcasts between now and that release date so. definitely yeah. alright so I think that's it yeah, I think it's lunchtime in fact yes. and also I think I might like to join you on uh, a little bit of Minecraft because I haven't played it so we might oh, get stuck yes. into that as well today and Minecraft. lose how long the next uh, how many hours are there left before the next one comes up yeah it's going to be a while uh, seven days seven so days I it's like we can get work might not hours. happen yeah <laughs> alright guys thank you very much for joining us that was Ben Ben yeah see ya <laughs> he does it every time Kurt Hey, have a great one. And I'm Nick. So thank you very much for listening and join us again next week, hopefully at the same time, but hopefully we can lock it down. So thank you very much for joining us.